0: Welcome to Psychology Has It Backwards. I'm Christine Heath and I'm here with Judy Sedgman. And we are going to be talking today a little bit about how the whole idea of mindfulness and the um, mindfulness practices and how that's kind of come into psychology, which is a good thing um, in terms of uh, helping people to change their state of mind. Um, and how the principles actually, when you look at it from a different, um, perspective, makes that whole thing more like a place to live rather than a thing to do to get it. So one of the things that's been happening this week, um, has been the, um, United States trials for the Olympics. And one of the things that I noticed was how much mindfulness has, a, has affected the way athletes think about themselves and about how they are training and um, and also how psychology has affected people in um, a way that is uh, not so helpful. Uh, my dog is having a dream right now, and his back legs are, are as if he's running in his dream, and he's hitting a box, so the noise you're hearing is the power of thought in my dog to create a reality and he's sound <laughs> asleep and his body is reacting to his own thoughts. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Wish I could show you a picture of it. It's great. So anyway, I'm listening to these to these guys talk about um what they did to run a, a race or to swim well. And one of the things that I hear a lot is I got really relaxed and then I swam really fast. Now, I used to, I swam for the University of Minnesota and I never once did it dawn on me that I should relax before I had a race. It was in my mind. I, uh, being geared up for it was the only way to get in the state of mind to, to do this. And, and I think that that whole concept that we quiet down to perform better. Is a shift in consciousness about and understanding about how human beings work. So that's a good thing. Like we're, the field is starting to catch on in this way that they can see because of the money that was poured into the effect of uh, meditation and yoga and those kinds of things that quieting your mind is very helpful. Like, ah, yeah, that's not. It's so funny, isn't it, that we have to get to this place, but. We're, we've been trained to be thinking about what's wrong and fixing it. That it never dawned on people that quieting your mind, at least not in the United States. I, I suppose there's lots of cultures around the world that have embraced this to a, a far greater extent than we did in, in the United States or in, in many of the Western countries. But it's recognizing that even meditating for a little bit is generally helpful to your overall state of being. So, what we're talking about, on the other hand, is seeing that that's a natural state that's within you and you don't have to do anything to do it. So when I was listening to the athletes, they were talking about relaxing into their race and really letting their training kick in and being able to stay focused in the present moment, like lots of them. like I, I just keep my mind in the moment. I'm not thinking about anything else that one of the ways I train is to go fishing and I catch fish and then I put them back in the stream. And, you know, it's just you can feel this really quiet feeling that comes out. Now, what, what the principles bring to this is an understanding that when you quiet your thoughts and you're really focused in the present moment, you're accessing that inner state of mental well-being. And so by people understanding that they can live and that, and then their performance goes up. So you see these athletes that are like, oh my God, first of all, their bodies are spectacular. Like it never dawned on me. And I think like even 20 years ago, um, athletes for the Olympics, you did not see these muscles, you know, like, like, oh, duh, wouldn't that make you perform better because you'd be stronger and more in shape? but nobody recognized that nobody saw that right so as we awaken to this you see these specimens these women and men with washboard abs and arms that are so cut and they're runners they're not like right. bodybuilders right they're runners and and then you hear them talk and like one woman they had like 3 uh, false starts in her race and they were interviewing her and they said did that bother you and she said no not really she said i know that There's things I can't control, and there's things I can control, and I can only control my reaction to that. I can't control what happened. Well, that comes from insight. So as you start to hear how health works in people, you can see that just by focusing on the state of mind and how that impacts their performance, how much better they they did.
1: Yeah. I used to teach uh, a course called Prevention Through Resiliency And that's kind of a fancy way of saying that if you understand the principles, you can sidestep, you know, mental, so-called mental illness rather than having to treat it afterwards. So it's a form of prevention to understand thinking. And um, somehow I ended up doing a guest lecture. I had a friend in the Department of Sports Psychology and I did a guest lecture. And several people from their guest lectures signed up for my course. For the summer semester. And so uh, I had these athletes in my class and people that wanted to be coaches and people who wanted to be athletes. And it was very interesting to me how much they got out of it compared to some of the people that were just new to the idea and were kind of argumentative about it. It was very comforting to the athletes because that's, that's the common sense thing. That their coaches were always telling them, okay, so what if you miss the last goal? Put it out of your mind. Just shoot again. And, you know, okay, so what if the last race didn't go the way you wanted it? This is a new race. Start now. Start in this moment. And and so they were thrilled to learn the principles because they realized, oh, you know, it's not a job. I don't have to sit there and do these little exercises and do all this You know, read these passages or think these particular sayings or whatever to get myself calmed down. If I just know that it's in me, I can go there. And it was very inspiring to me. I I I loved that class. They were they were the athletes were probably the most exciting contributors because they saw the practical application. Other people were still fighting with you know well what about you know this other thing and what about this and what about that and they're going like this is going to. Help me in my sport. (laughs) That's all they care about. And it was very, uh, I had one one girl that was in the class who was a competitive swimmer. And uh, she had gone through a dark spell where she lost a really big race that they were counting on her. She was kind of the best person on the team. And so the way they had the rotation set up, she was going to cap the event, you know, and do this great race. And she just blew it. And um, then she lost her nerve. And for about six months, she'd been losing, you know, she won a few, but she'd been losing more and more. And the coach kept telling her, you're a great swimmer. What's what's happening to you? Why can't you get, you know, get yourself back? So she took my class and she went back in the fall and she said, I'm winning again. You know, I'm not having any trouble. And I I probably have lost a few, but I don't care. And she said, I just feel so good because I love to swim. I love competitive swimming. And she said, for a while there, I lost the love because all I was thinking about is they're counting on me and I'm not doing it well enough. And it really matters. It really matters to be in love with what you're doing and just be at peace and be you know, in this moment right now, just doing it. So, so the whole idea
0: of meditation is, is a great idea, you know, but it, it's when people make it be about the technique of meditating rather than a, a way of life is what the difference is between what we do, what we help people to see and where the field is at. So, I mean, we're not saying that there's anything wrong with mindfulness, you know, it's, it, it except that when people let their thoughts go all day long and then they – have to meditate for an hour at the end of the day, or two hours, or two hours. I mean, I meet mean, plenty of people that meditate for two hours a day, trying to be calm when they already are that way as soon as their thoughts quiet down, right? And so it's it's just kind of seeing that that's just backwards. It's just uh, you have a busy mind and you create a lot of anxiety and fears and stresses and pressures and all that kind of stuff with that thinking, and then you focus in the present moment for an hour and you think about relaxing. Now, if that was just your way you went through life, you wouldn't have to deal with all that other stuff. You wouldn't have to, because there was another, there was another, I felt so sorry for poor um, young woman who was a swimmer. And she um, uh, said that she was diagnosed with a new, a new illness, a new syndrome called, over um practice or over over uh what's it called when they're when they can you know they're working to become an athlete they're they're training overtraining overtraining syndrome and I was like oh my gosh and she said so and that and she is a, one of the people that said that she went to all these different people and they kept giving her different diagnoses and so she was so. By the time the trials came, she really struggled because she had this idea that she was mentally ill that that she was there was this illness that she had several illnesses, I guess by this time, and that now she's disabled because of her sports training. Rather than seeing like, oh, the way I thought about doing this was causing me to be obsessive and therefore more anxious and more insecure and going too fast and. All I need to do is stop doing all that thinking and quiet down. But when you don't see that you have that safety net of health inside of you and you're, you think that you should be thinking about fixing your problems, you get more caught up in that.
1: That's a, that's a great point. I had a business client one time who um, they, she and her husband had built a new house and the, in the new house, she built a meditation room for herself. And it really was a lovely little room. It had, you know, this beautiful oriental carpet and it had a little statue of some Buddha or something. And it had, you know, built in speakers in the ceiling and you could play this soft music. She had, you know, a tape player or whatever there with making this beautiful music and candles and aroma, you know, things. And, and, um, it was just lovely, but, um, And it was kind of in a little tucked away in a corner of the house where you could close the door. She even soundproofed the door (laughs) so that nobody could bother her. And I remember when she's showing me her house after they had moved in and I was visiting and she was showing me around the house and she said, you know, I thought this room was really going to help me, but um, it really hasn't. And I said, why not? And she says, well, to tell you the truth, I go in there and I turn on the music and I turn the lights down and I turn the candles, you know, put the candles on and I sit down and I start saying my mantra and pretty soon I'll start thinking, God, this room cost me a lot of money, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and I built it because it was going to help me and I don't feel any better. And 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 I really, I mean, I had tried so hard not to laugh, but because it was really funny, that just goes to show you that it's not the room and it's not the fact that you know how to meditate and then you have the music and the statue and the candles and the aroma things and in the soft rug, It's it's that you know, you have confidence and faith that when your mind quiets down, your wisdom will kick in and you'll be fine. And you could have known that in traffic. <laughs> you know, it doesn't the room isn't going to help you because, you know, as somebody early on in their principles used to say, wherever you go, you take your head with you. And 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 what what I can see in all of these practices is yes, they really help people because for some people they do quiet down. You know, it's like a lot of people who get massage fall asleep in a massage, and there are people that can't sleep at night, but they can sleep when they're getting their massage. And that's wonderful. Anything that helps people is a wonderful thing. But the help isn't built in. We're built to thrive and survive. We're built with our natural default setting being peace of mind. And so we don't have to, you know, we don't have to do these things. Now, so some of my clients say, "Well, you think I should stop going to yoga?" And I'm going like, "Heavens, no! If you enjoy your yoga class and you like the people you're doing yoga with, and it's keeping you flexible, and you, you know, you're you're it's pleasurable. For God's sake, don't stop anything that your wisdom is telling you is good for you. But just know that if you had to skip yoga class, it wouldn't ruin your day. You know, it's not like you need to go to yoga class. It's because you enjoy going to yoga class." It's not like you need to run to clear your head. It's you enjoy running. And that's the difference. The difference is seeing techniques through the eyes of neediness and desperation or seeing techniques as describing activities that you enjoy doing when you can. And if you enjoy them, do them, you know, but don't look to them to solve your problem. Because yeah.
0: If you notice that you're thinking too much, you know, like we all get caught up in the busyness of our life. You know, it's like whether we're like uh, in the middle of doing a project, or we suddenly, you know, like for me, I just say yes to too many things, and because my mind, I think I've got the time to do it, and then I realize that I just I'm doing too much. So, you know, doing something intentionally quiet down is a good thing but the other piece you do with that is like oh I've been thinking too much I need to get I need to get turned around again because I got caught up in the illusion my thoughts were creating and I lost my bearings I lost my balance and that is I think that the thing is so then you do whatever you do to relax and be in the moment it might be knitting it might be exercising it might be meditation but it's getting into Walking your dog, yeah. You know, like it's just being present in the moment. I'd be just talking to the neighbor. You know, it's kind of like, you know, one of the things that happens when we have a conference for the three principles is that we, people get into such a beautiful feeling, even online. It cracks me up is that people feel super connected and they get into this really beautiful state, not because you know, we're, we're, I mean, literally, we're around the world from each other. People that come to our things are from all over the world. And there's no way that we know each other personally, but you get into this state of mind and you know that you're kind of attached to everybody and everything. And you move into this deeper state of mental well being. And that's what people have found happens to people when they meditate. And Going into that feeling and recognizing that that's your home base and you do whatever you need to do to get there. But know, knowing that it's already there, that the meditation isn't creating that feeling, that you're sliding back into it.
1: And that it's natural and innate. It's, 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 it's part of the package you know, I used to go to a conference in Boston every year when I was at WVU. It was the Harvard Mind Body Conference, and they always had these famous researchers presenting mind body research. And um, I was very struck in one year. They uh, this guy presented this thing where he had measured the amount of nitric oxide, not nitrous. That's what they give you at the dentist's office. Nitric oxide that is important to your immune system. It's important to And stress seems to deplete nitric oxide in the body, which is why people get sick during exam week and things like that. Well, he had heard uh, one of the other doctors a few years earlier make a presentation on the fact that stress was a huge contributor to illness and linking all these various stress-related illnesses and, and bringing up the subject of nitric oxide. And this doctor thought it was bunk And he was determined to prove that it was bunk. And so he had, there apparently is a way that if to do a certain test and then microscopically examine whatever you get and see nitric oxide in the system. And and so he did this experiment where he took people during, I think it was, he took students during exam week and then put them through like a meditation exercise and had them just, you know, gave them a nice rest and had some fun for a little while, and then measured them again. So it was a matter of hours, two or three hours, and then he did accountants uh, during tax season, and he did some other, you know, stress stressful people that. And he was sure the first one was just an aberrant thing, an aberrant result, because the nitric nitrous oxide, nitric oxide was very diminished when they came in all stressed out. And within four hours, it was completely replenished and it was just everywhere. And he showed the slides. You know, you could see all these little white dots and they were the nitric nitric oxide. So he did it again. He repeated it about 15 times because he was so sure it couldn't be right, that nothing could happen that fast, that the body could not heal that fast. And he said, I'm here to tell you I'm a believer. He said, I know the science is right, I know we did it right, I know we measured that you know the the experiment was well designed, it's been repeated and repeated, and I can tell you that somehow we are an innate self-healing mechanism. And as soon as you the stress dissipates, the body restores itself. That was so impressive to me. And I and I think it's related to what we're saying. If people think they have to, you know, is this gonna be such a long process and so hard? But really, as soon as you clear your head, your body says, oh, good. Now I can relax and function the way I'm supposed to. Mm-hmm.
0: And that natural healing ability is also a part of our mind. I mean, it's like our mind is still part of the creation. It's the way that creation is created, Are us. And so if you've got to remember that, because like, you know, people will say, well, how can I feel better when... You know, I'm a person of color and life sucks, and uh, I'm a woman, and um, men treat women really poorly, and I'm um, poor and I don't have any money, and like all of these conditions of our life, which, you know, I'm not saying are not stressful, it can be stressful, but if you know that in spite of the crazies around you, you have that place of safety and security inside, then you can see how to stay in a feeling of well-being in spite of the level of consciousness of the world. You know, And that's how we change the level of consciousness of the world is the more people can see how to get out of that rather than trying to, to change the level of consciousness. We change our own level of consciousness and live in a healthier, quieter, more loving state of mind Things
1: change, and you're always one thought away. You're always one thought always away. One thought away, okay. and then one thought is a millisecond. And you know, the mind and the body are linked in that way because, in order to be stressed and to change our chemistry, and via stress, we have to think stressful thoughts. That's what creates that whole experience. It sets it off. Yeah. So I, I you know it's so it's so wonderful that people have this ability. And I hope that as time goes by and you listen to these podcasts, you start to see it in yourself more and more and just find confidence that nobody's different. There's no exceptions. Everybody Mm -hmm. has innate health.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, it's just kind of getting that. I mean, stress is another one of those things that we um, kind of focus on as a thing, Mm -hmm. you know, like I'm stressed because of my world rather than I'm stressed because of my thinking about my world. Right. And shifting that around makes you feel so much more confident, but then you don't always have to be, you know, like managing yourself. Right. You know, like one of our colleagues, before he learned the principles, he, uh, he would like meditate for a mor- an hour in the morning. Then he'd go listen to people's problems all day long. And he'd come home and have to meditate for another hour and then go run for two miles because that's what it would take. So that's like three hours of his day trying to manage the other eight hours of his day, mm-hmm. right? Like that There's something that's not right about that. And that that's because psychology, there's like a, a stressful element about the way we're trained to fix things after the fact. right? So we're always kind of running to get on the train right. instead of, Stopping the train, right? Right.
1: (laughs) It's a good way to put it. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, we've done it again. We've done it again, and so enjoy your lives. You know, like that's meditation, right? It's like just being present with your kids, with in the moment, like listening to the birds, taking a walk, or do or do a technique. It doesn't matter as long as you know that what you're doing is accessing
1: that state of well-being. And don't forget, Psychology of Mind, the program is available to you on Wednesdays and Thursdays. And uh, you can find it on our website and uh, sign up for a week at a time or however many times you'd like to come.
0: Yeah,
1: We'd love to see you. Take care.
0: Aloha. We hope you heard something new and that you will continue to join us to challenge the prevailing thinking about the possibilities for health in everyone. To subscribe to the podcast, visit our website at psychologyhasitbackwards.com.